protest movement in the north, led in part by the Houthi family, one of the most prominent Sayyid dynasties in northern Yemen. Then, in 2004, during early clashes between northern tribes and the government, the Yemeni military killed Hussein Badreddin al-Houthi, one of the leaders of the movement. His death marked the beginning of the northern tribes' armed insurgency and gave the rebels their name. For the next seven years, sporadic fighting continued, with neither side gaining a meaningful advantage. At the same time as the government was fighting the Houthis in the north, its authority in the rest of the country was fading. The greatest challenge for a revolutionary state is maintaining its legitimacy after the founders have died, and half a century after the revolution, few of Yemen's original leaders remained. In June 2011, Abdul Aziz Abdul Ghani, one of the last of the revolutionary generation, was mortally wounded in an assassination attempt on the country's president, Ali Abdullah Saleh, during popular protests that had paralyzed Sana'a. Both sides of the political divide paused the hostilities to mourn. But from that point on, the Yemeni state created by the revolution effectively disappeared. The passing of Yemen's revolutionary generation created not only a crisis of national identity, but also one of governance. Once, Yemeni students who had obtained degrees abroad took pride in returning home as future leaders. But over the last ten years, much of the educated elite has left the country, citing worsening government corruption and ineptitude and a lack of domestic employment opportunities. Political appointments are now granted on the basis of tribal membership rather than training or experience, and technocrats have gradually given way to the beneficiaries of nepotism. As the central government's legitimacy declined over the last decade, a political void opened. Beginning in 2009, extremist groups, including al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, emerged to fill the gap. But it was the northern Houthi movement, already organized and opposed to the central government, that was positioned to take the fullest advantage of the derelict republic. Revolutions The Houthis' chance came in early 2011, when revolts in places such as Egypt and Tunisia inspired months of mass protests against the corrupt, autocratic government in Sana'a. That February, Abdul Malik al-Houthi, a northern rebel leader declared his support for the anti-government demonstrations and sent thousands of his followers to join the rallies in the capital. Some of the most powerful images of the uprising were those of tribesmen in traditional robes demonstrating alongside members of the urban youth movement. Fifty years earlier, these two groups had fought each other for control of Yemen. In 2011, they marched together against a common enemy, Saleh. By the end of the year, the uprising had achieved its main goal. Saleh agreed to step down and be replaced by his vice president, Hadi. In early 2013, the government and opposition groups began a national dialogue conference that culminated in 2014 with a plan, backed by Hadi, to write a new constitution and divide Yemen into six provinces. At the time, Jamal Ben Amar, then the UN's special envoy for Yemen predicted that the agreement would lead to democratic governance founded on the rule of law, human rights, and equal citizenship. Yet the Houthi opposition rejected the deal, as it would have further weakened the power of the northern tribes. 
Throughout 2014, anti-government protests, many of them led by Houthis, continued to rage. In September, Houthi forces captured Sana'a, and then in early 2015, they dissolved parliament, forced Hadi to resign, and installed a revolutionary committee to replace the Yemeni government. The Houthi advance unnerved Riyadh. Ever since Saudi Arabia was founded in 1932, its leaders have worried about the security of the country's southern border with Yemen. In 1934, Saudi Arabia fought its first war against the Kingdom of Yemen to secure that border. Under the treaty that ended the war, Saudi Arabia annexed three Yemeni border provinces that it had occupied during the fighting. Since then, Saudi foreign policy toward Yemen has been driven by the need to maintain a weak central government in Sana'a that does not threaten Saudi security. Each time a popular movement or a strong central authority has looked as though it were appearing...